Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. I'm Mary Ann Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of a great group of authors, author masterminds, and your host on Real Ghost Chatter. If you want to know more about me or my works, please visit M-A-R-Y-A-N-N-P-O-L-L dot com. If you'd like to find out more about Author Masterminds, please go to AuthorMasterminds.com. This is the second part of my interview with Richard Knight. In my humble opinion, it is more powerful than part one. As a reminder, Richard Knight, whose former pen name was JLR-Writer, is an American Christian thriller author. He combines the two elements to create realistic thrillers with deep meaning. One of the quotes still remains true. I stand on the high places, shouting a warning to wake the people, just like wisdom calling for those to dine at her table. Under JLR writer Richard wrote, Crazy, the inimical, to pray, and to pray to the return of Lilith. His growing fan base overseas calls him the next black Stephen King of Christian thrillers. You had two stories you wanted to share. I, I want to say I was like in this maybe the seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. One day I was skipping school. Sorry, mom and dad. But, <laughs> uh, I, I was skipping. <laughs> I was skipping school and I was at the house and I was folding clothes, watching BET, rap music playing loud, and I had my living room. My my bedroom door was was faced the hall. It's going that empties that empties out into the living room. So I'm sitting there folding clothes and then. Again, from the peripheral, like from the corner of my eye, the, my peripheral vision or whatever, I turned and then I had a chair that's in my room. And in that chair, kid you not, like it was a woman like wearing these old 1800 looking ballroom dresses. Her hair was in a bun and she had this plain, stern, disappointing look in her face. But it, I can't explain it, but it, it was it happened so fast. Like I literally left the lights on, the TV on. I ran out the front door, ran to my homeboy's house because he skipped school too. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to his house and we both sitting up there looking stupid, walking down the street, trying to hype ourselves up to go into my house to see what's going on. Uh huh. After that, I didn't want to skip school. I didn't, I stopped doing it. <laughs> I'm not like, sure. You, did you ever want to be alone in the house again? <laughs> that would be the next one. <laughs> it, it took a while. It really did. It took, it took a while. I just started hanging out at my friend's house more but it was just weird. And then it happened again one day where I didn't skip school or nothing, but I was coming home late and I'm walking. And then I see this woman again in her dress and she's, she's walking past my garage and heading, heading up, going to the backyard. So I run real quick, like, who is that? So I'm racing down the street. And by the time I turned the corner, like, I was like, there's no way she went in my backyard. Not that fast. So, mm-hmm. but I went in the backyard, opened it up, looked, and there was no one there, of course, but after that, I just felt this coldness in my body where I was like, oh, man, that might be the same woman that I saw in the house. And then doing research, 
not like necessarily research, but talking to people who who lived in the area, they said that there was a woman who was killed by a Comanche Native American back in the day where they where they killed her out there. So it could have been her. Oh, I'm oh not it sure. could have been, yeah. or or you have a, a ancestor that was disapproving of how you were <laughs> skipping school. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be it, you know. And we are mixed, so so the uh-huh. yeah, you know what? Because like I was like, she she wasn't black, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, you told me you'd never seen a black ghost, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I heard people that actually did, and, and yeah, but not me. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that was off track. But you know, I don't know. I just that disapproving look you talked about with her. I thought, yeah, that sounds like a mother, grandmother, great grandmother. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a stern, like you know those angry teachers from. The oh yeah, days. yeah. It, it was it was basically like that. Hmm. Oh, that's funny. So, and so you yeah, have, but you only saw her twice, which is good. Yeah, I only saw her that twice, but that first time, like I, oh. when people people were wondering because my music was playing loud, I had the door wide open, <laughs> I left everything on and just ran out. Oh, that is so good. I, I mean, it's funny now, probably not then, but it is. Yeah, funny. yeah, it's funny now. I, I laugh <laughs> now because I, oh man, I was this tough kid that's skipping school, and I turned to a pansy in like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what can turn us into a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the second one? The second one was we was at an apartments. We were living in apartments uh, a while back. And I think I was about like eight years old. My sister who passed away, she dealt with a lot of things. It, I really try not to talk about it much because you know, my sister, she went through so much, like she really experienced the scratches on her arms, the legs, her back. She was in a position to where she was hearing the voice that would tell her to go grab knives. And when she was younger, she really went through a lot. And uh, I know it was like a, now that I'm older, I know that it was a demonic, a demonic thing that was trying to really make her go because she tried to commit suicide later. And that's, I know that's, I'm glad that we left those apartments but uh, it kind of hung there for a while. But she would tell me, and she would draw pictures that of stuff that she would see, and she would draw headless people. Oh my! And she, and she told me like she would see these things, and I would never really believe it. I would just laugh it off, and I would just treat it like camp stories, of course. Mm-hmm. But she would she would really be tormented, and she went through a lot when she was a child. When she was a teenager, she was really pushed to the limit mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. What happened like after you moved out of those apartments? It, it kind of ceased a little bit, but like she dealt with it for a while because that's where the familiar spirit comes in. Uh huh. Because I believe that it was something that was passed through our family, right? Because norm- normally familiar spirits attaches itself to uh, generational curses too. Mm. So um, the more I thought about it, the more I learned after my sister passed away, sometimes these things would come back to my mind. I'm like, man, we went, we actually survived that. Or I was like, wow, that happened to my sister. She was. You know, like we was going through something and the familiar spirit was definitely there and mental anguish and suicide attempts was trying to linger in our family. It was attaching itself to her. Uh-huh. She tried to kill herself like twice. And the second time I, I actually walked in on her and, and she was thankful because she saw me and, and something that was holding on her to do it left her body. And I remember she told me that, that I saved her life that day and She's like, she's going to try her best to read the Bible and never get put in that situation again. And she didn't, you know, good for her. 
yeah, you know, unfortunately she passed away of, mm-hmm. from breast cancer, but that still, that still, that still in my head lets me know that that has something to do with generational curses. And we were not educated enough to understand that at the time. Well, I don't think but, many people are, edu- are educated about that kind of a spirit. Yeah, because I know for a fact, what I know now is the moment I found out that she was sick, I would have known exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know. So when all that happened, I, I ended up going to Bible school like like about almost a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. And once I learned that, it, it just kind of had like we had a hole in our house spiritually. We had protection that we didn't have. No one, you know, the black community suffers a lot because of that. That's why we got gang activity, mm-hmm. murders. And sh- people don't understand the demonic rim is real. You got guys and you got men and women whose job is to come out on our streets and spew demonic spirits. And really? Yeah. You got people. One, they had one person that was out here in the area that's, that had a, a Santana group in Texas where they said their job was to go spew death into hospitals. Oh. And and they had one guy who was assigned to, to go to the area where there's the most murders and they will prompt the demon that controls that, you know, so they're praying for people to die. Oh, my and, gosh. And, and, and then they pray for anyone to die. They just want to see this discord because they get rewarded. Mm-hmm. People are not going to listen. A lot of them are not going to listen. Why do you think you hear about these child abductions? A lot of times it, it has something to do with a demonic entity. One woman said that she did that for a living, where her job was to kidnap kids to, to sacrifice them. Oh my and she gosh. would go to elementary schools and she would see kids playing in the playground. And her job was to try to swindle them away. Oh, my gosh. And she was the happy-go-lucky woman you see next door. They'll wave at you and say, hey, how's your kids? Mm-hmm. And you would never know. Say mm-hmm. that people think that you got to wear black and paint your nails black to worship Satan. And that's not the case. You know, they talk about serial killers like the guy next door. I mean, if right. they looked if they looked like a monster, you wouldn't go near him. Exactly. And that's why the devil doesn't show himself like that. Right. I mean, I know about these things. I've read about these things, but I had not ever heard of anyone who has talked to someone about these things. Yeah. And, you know, then me being out in the streets growing up as a kid, I ran across people that ran with groups like that. They had one group that called Demon Soldiers. Oh. And, and that's basically what you, the name that you hear is to let you know what they worship. Mm-hmm. So they, they get, they get their strength from, from the demon. Mm-hmm. They have this incredible strength to do criminal activity. Mm-hmm. They be vicious and they want to fight and, and they don't remember what they do. After they fight and do whatever they do, they, they their mind is blank. You tell them they be like, I didn't do that until they get caught, you know, or arrested. And they know exactly what happened, of course, but they just don't have no memory of doing it. They, they were so into it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So do we have prayer warriors in these places? Uh, we got some, but it's not that strong anymore, to be honest. The, the Christian community out in Houston is not that strong. Oh, damn. And uh, I'm not trying to say like everybody out here is weak. I mean, no, they're strong people, uh-huh. but people are not aware on that. They're they're too busy thinking about elections and Democrats and, and Republicans. And they're thinking about gas prices, like all these distractions that that's going around COVID and stuff like that. Oh, it's and, all a distraction. It really yeah, is. So why, why everybody's fighting and worrying about that? You got warlords and witches and going around to your community at night going to your house and stretching their hands out in front of your house spewing death and 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 disruption mm-hmm. and people don't understand that when people say like yeah uh we'll go to a person's house and we'll pray for their family to 
you know, like we'll pray for the husband to kill the wife or the wife to kill the kids or vice versa or the kids kill the parents. Mm-hmm. This stuff is real. Like, like this is if you look in the news, you start hearing about that. The double suicides. Mm-hmm. The, the, like this is not something that just comes from the stigma of the mind. This is deeper than that. This is a demonic entity that knows exactly what it's doing. It is less and less hiding. I think we might have talked about this before. Literally, it's in the, our faces right now. Yeah. I have usually it does everything in the shadows, and that's not true anymore. It's like evil is becoming so bold that it is attacking in daylight. You know, I will say for a hopeful part of this, that this is always supposed to happen and and is predicted to happen in the Bible. Paul talked about it, you know, where in in these last days, people's hearts will grow cold. They're only going to be seekers of pleasure. I mean, I could go through the whole list and it's it's happening and the evil would become, you know, the anti the Antichrist spirit is huge and it's it's always been here, but it's becoming even more so. You know, so if you're a Christian, yeah, you're under attack, period. And if you're not a Christian, you have no defense. It's kind of like that thing where when you're when you're fighting, like, think about when you're in Africa, when you watch the animal channel and stuff, and you see the lions that's going after the weak person mm-hmm. or the weak animal, and, mm-hmm. and the animal's fighting, and you see a whole bunch of them tackle them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what, what it is with us. Because if you're already dead, then they're not going to really worry about you. That's so right. like when you're when you're not moving and showing no signs of struggle, the demon is not gonna get excited about that. He's like, Well, they're already doing what I want them to do anyway, so why do I gotta do anything to them? Right. And and, and and I can do that for my own example. Like when I was out there living bad, I was doing really bad things, like really bad things. And mm-hmm. it was like easy. I w- it wasn't like I was having guilt or anything like that. I wasn't thinking about the Lord. So I can just plan it every day and wake up like no problem. But as soon as I changed my life, as soon as I started changing my life, that's when the battle came. Mm-hmm. That, that's when everything doubled down. That's when uh, lust tried to double down. That's when gang activity tried to double down, like try to put me to, to stagger back into that community that mm-hmm. I walked away from. And uh, like, you know, like I said, a lot of people may not understand that because they maybe they never experienced it, but. These things, these things happen. And I, I believe it because the gang activity that occurs and how they introduce people into the gangs that I, I haven't been in it personally, but that all the documentaries that you can watch that mm-hmm. I think were, are true. That is all very, very evil how it occurs. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a brainwashing mechanism. And mm-hmm. there's a spiritual curtain that's over the faces of the young men and women that are gang banging. This has nothing to do with ghosts or anything to people, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> spirit, but spiritual wise, this is spiritual wise. Like, like I said, like one of my friends that was, someone was trying to hunt him down and gun him down and he was hiding out and the guy that was getting ready to kill him was looking for him. He was able to get a glimpse of his face and his face was changing while he was walking. That's not normal. No, that's not normal. Mm-mm. So it lets you know that there was a demon that was controlling that guy. Mm-hmm. So. Stuff like that that happens, man. And um, for people who who like want to know more about familiar spirits, like one prime example, they can go to First Samuel's twenty eight thirteen through fourteen, where Saul is seeking to figure out what he's looking. I want to say he's looking uh, for. I'm trying to remember his name. It was Samuel he was looking for, I believe. Right, right. And uh, he asked the the median, "What do you see?" And she and she was describing those gods. 
and then him that ascended from under the ground. So, and, she, so she described God's uh, like little, yeah, with a little G O D S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's the, and that's the clue, spiritually, ghost wise, that kind of prompted me to think deeper because when she said that, and a lot of mediums don't understand when they see these things and it's showing itself as gods and or it's trying to give you like answers that there's something it wants in return uh, yeah like when she said that and he goes what do you see and she goes i see an old man and that's surrounded by other gods you know so it's just it's just stuff like that when people actually read the bible and see it for itself take time to really see it it'll come to you you'd be like oh wow that mm-hmm. really did happen mm-hmm. yeah it goes on to this day yeah and today people they're so intellectual that there's no such thing as good and evil that's what's frightening to me because yeah. if you don't acknowledge an enemy, it already won. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one thing that I actually don't understand. Like when I watch the Ghost Hunter shows, because sometimes that's like my entertainment where I oh, really me too. Get, me. <laughs> I, I, laugh, I laugh a lot because they go in there and they be asking the, the dumbest questions. Oh, I know. <laughs> go ahead. Feel, feel free. Feel free to knock down my shoe. Yeah, duh. <laughs> Are you hungry? <laughs> Are you hungry? Can you, can you tell me why you died? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, just, it just be dumb stuff like that, where they be like, they're treated like it's stupid. I know. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Speak English? Can you speak English? <laughs> yeah. I, I was watching one of those ghost, ghost Hunter shows, and I had the exact same response you did. You are talking down to these entities as yeah, if they having, don't they're having fun with them they're having fun with them oh they are and it's really if you think about it my gut just kind of wrenches because yeah. we can't outsmart that thing yeah, it's been around are. for for eternity and yeah. literally has yeah. has outsmarted more people than we can count and then people don't understand fallen angels did not lose their intelligence when they oh, fell. No, they kidding. still have it. They still have their skill. Uh-huh. <laughs> they sure do. They just use it in a very evil, diabolical manner. Yeah. But they are still more intelligent and more knowledgeable than you and I ever will be because we're only here for a few years. Right. I just, I'm amazed at what you've said today on the show because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Nobody talks about it. No, and- man. It just becomes this this elephant in the room that people are afraid to really talk about sometimes or to really look and investigate themselves you know but it goes on it's this stuff is real it's not going nowhere it is real i had a pastor who i loved once i don't know why this just came to my mind who had a son who got into satanism Mm -hmm. but got out of it that's good well he did but he died shortly thereafter dang yeah but he was back in christ before he passed so this stuff is real and it's dangerous. It is. The thing that came to my mind, I remember hearing yesterday and this pastor was talking about this woman who had a sick daughter and she went to this lady and this lady gave her this charm necklace to wear. And you know, the little, little uh, necklace with the little thing where you can open it like a heart and it mm-hmm. got like something you can read. Mm-hmm. So the lady never really opened it, but her daughter started feeling better. But when she realized that something was off about it, she took the necklace and opened it and it said, keep her healthy until she dies and her soul is yours and she can burn in hell. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then then when she went to look for the lady, she couldn't find her. The lady took off. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, people don't understand, like, they don't care. They're getting rewarded for these kind of things. 
you got parents that's seeking outside sources instead of going to the Lord themselves first. Mm-hmm. And then they're asking for a quick fix through some kind of odd spiritual fixing and, oh, put this on and you will feel better. You know, hop on one foot and bite a chicken's butt and you'll feel better. Like, <laughs> come on. That's true. It's true. You, you know, um, it's hard to imagine even for me, but I do believe it, that an evil can make someone feel well. Oh, of I, course. Of course. You know, because the, um, like I said, like demons are granted to give, to do miracles too. Yeah. And they can do, that's right. They are. They just don't do them in the same way as our Lord does. There, there's always a catch. Mm-hmm. You want something in return. They don't care about money. They don't care about none of that. They just want to wait until the day you stop breathing. And you're going to have fun in that. How me in the booty prison called hell, you know what I'm saying? So like, people, <laughs> yeah. gotta, people gotta realize, man, you can't be playing around with this, this stuff. Even a lot of ghost hunters, uh, one priest that I, that I remember watching where he says there's a lot of famous ghost hunters that go to him for help every time because they did something and something jumped on them. They can't shake it off and they're afraid that it's gonna go into their house. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a lot of priests that go over these people and pray over them and and some of them i don't know what they go through but it's just weird it's like you just is it really worth the money for you to put your family at risk that was my question thank you if you had to go to a priest once and you're going to do this it's like insanity you're going to go back and do it again and to me you're even more going to be more vulnerable the next time yep and then, and then it goes right back to the familiar spirit because the familiar spirit gets you familiar to where you're comfortable. That's what the oh. term familiar, when you think about familiar, you think about familiar and family. So when things start feeling close, like a family to you, it's kind of like that thing, that situation. Like, you know, you, you got kids or, or people that grew up in rough families, right? And mm-hmm. and they can leave, but they choose not to because in the, at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, this is my family. So it is what it is. I just, you know, that's life. Mm-hmm. And the familiar spirit has the same kind of style with sicknesses, with diseases, with attacks, where people start getting used to it, where they start catering towards it before actually solving to be free. Like, say someone is going through some odd sickness where they're like, oh, you know, I would like to go outside, but you know what happens when I go outside? (laughs) Weird stuff like that. You know, like that, that's a familiar spirit that's putting you in a position to where you honor that sickness and treat it like it's a family member. Mm Mm-hmm. So you, you, you consult to it before you consult to God. Mm. That's his job. It wants you to think about it first before you even go to God to get the healing. I see. That's really interesting. Cause I was thinking about kids that have those pretend, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like what happens sometimes with these kids is that this thing is pretending to be, a, yeah, their family or a friend and, yeah. and they end up getting possessed. Right. But don't get me wrong, you know, there there's times where kids are just having just genuine imagination fun. Right, right. But then, you know, when you got, you can tell the difference between imagination and something that's really there, you know, and stuff like that. You can see the difference. Well, this has been a great conversation, but we really probably have to wrap it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. We could go on for hours. No, <laughs> I could really different. go on for hours on this. But I am going to say, this does conclude our podcast. My gosh, powerful podcast today. Thank you, Richard. Uh, I do say uh, many thanks to you for sharing this and for your insights. And I want you to tell everybody where they can find you and your works. Oh, man. 
that you can you can pretty much find my work uh you can google me too at uh, jlr writer and uh everything will pull up or you can find me on amazon or you can find me on facebook as richard knight i would say instagram but i'm, I'm mostly on facebook more but uh but yeah my, my work is easy to find uh amazon for sure or any other online bookstore worldwide and i got a new project coming out pretty soon and hopefully i'll be able to pass that information along once that takes place because i haven't wrote anything under the name richard knight yet but the last book that i wrote under jlr writer is the the inimical so people can find that again like my name to find me you just put in jlr dash writer and then everything will pop up about me okay that's great and then on facebook it's under richard knight right right so it's just like facebook.com forward slash richard knight or just go into the search engine in in facebook and type in the name right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not one that promotes everybody's works but i like your works so i am going to say it to everybody i am reading crazy which was your first work and it is very good so anyone who enjoys something that makes them think, but also gives them the shivers, this would be a great book to go read. Yeah, and the audio book will be coming out pretty soon. So. Which is exciting. Yeah, so <laughs> ho- hopefully, hopefully maybe around August, it'll probably be available. Oh, that's great. Well, that's it. And I really thank you for being here. Oh, man, it was a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Richard. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash mary-ann-poll. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.